Amen. Acts 1 verse 13, and when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. These all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. You know, to enter into the upper room, and we all know what happened in the upper room, don't we? They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven like as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting. Cloven tongues like as of fire set upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. You know, to get into the upper room, I'm pretty sure they didn't have uh, escalators or elevators. They had to climb a stairway to get into the upper room. And I want to preach tonight on steps to the upper room. Steps to the upper room. I'm telling you, if you if you born again, God is leading you to that upper room experience. Amen. It is God's will for every one of His children to be filled and baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Do you believe that? You know, a lot of people don't, but I do, and I'm not ashamed of it. Come to preach it tonight. I pray the Holy Ghost will fall upon all of us. Father, we thank you. We come to you tonight in the precious, the wonderful, the holy name of Jesus. I ask you tonight, Lord God, that you'll move by your Spirit in this house tonight. I'm helpless without you. I pray you'll anoint me to preach, O God, as you never have before. I pray the Holy Ghost will reign in this house, O God. He'll fill every heart in life with your Spirit and power. God, do what I cannot. Draw men and women to the foot of Jesus Christ. He is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost tonight. Meet us in this altar. Minister to meet every need here tonight. Lord, if one needs saved, save them. If they need healing, heal them. If they need uh, uh, the, the baptism, oh God, fill them. I pray you'd fill us, everyone, afresh and anew with the power of your Spirit. God, we're going to praise you right now for it because I know you're good for it. You're able to do exceeding abundantly above all I can ask or even think according to the power that works in me. Work in me tonight, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. If you love the Lord, would you say amen? If we'll press our way into that upper room, we will receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. The disciples pressed their way there by fulfilling the command of Jesus in Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. He has also given us the command to be baptized with the Holy Ghost tonight. You say, well, that was then. That went out with the apostles. Hardly. Hardly. If it took the Holy Ghost for them to turn the world upside down, it's going to take it for me. If it took the Holy Ghost for them to convince 
men and women that Jesus was indeed Lord, it's going to take it for me. If it takes the Holy Ghost, if I'm being kept by the power of God, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. If I'm being kept by the power of God, I need the Holy Ghost to keep me. He said, I'll give you another comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Uh, When he has come, he's called him the Spirit of Truth. Uh, He'll lead you and guide you into all truth. Uh, If it took the Holy Ghost for them to rightly discern and rightly divide that Old Testament to see Christ in it and preach Christ uh, in the New Testament, uh, then I need the Holy Ghost as my instructor. I need the Holy Ghost uh, to rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. There's no doubt about it to me. The later it gets and the more deceived I see people uh, in this world that even name the name of Christ. I, I thank God every day. Oh, for a heritage of Pentecost. Uh, Everybody don't have it, uh, but thanks be to God, I was blessed enough I did. And like Brother Cavan, I ran from God. I didn't deserve to hear it twice, uh, but I probably heard it uh, thousands of times. And God was... uh, Some kind of merciful to me, long-suffering. The Bible said God is not slack concerning His promises, but is long-suffering to usward. Here's why. Not willing that any man should perish, but that all should come under repentance. I'll tell you why God waited on me, because He's merciful. God's merciful. He wanted to save me. He wanted to fill me. And He wanted to... To use me to spread this gospel around the world. Listen, I, I, I believe it's worth hearing. I believe it's worth receiving. And I believe it's worth telling. If you don't tell it, uh, how can they know without a preacher? How can they know without a preacher? And every one of us must go into all the world and preach the gospel. I want us to climb these steps tonight, uh, and I hope we just push our way right into the upper room. Amen. Let's take the first step. How many of you want to go with me tonight into the upper room? I pray you'll take me by the hand and go right with me in there tonight uh, as we walk up on the first step of this staircase into the upper room. As a first step, we see that we must take the step of faith. Everything you receive from God is by faith. We're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, no, not of works, lest any man should boast. It is the gift of God. You're saved by grace through faith. That's God's gift to you. You you receive healing. If you need a healing in your body, you'll be healed by faith. Everything you receive from God, you'll receive it by faith. How do I receive the Holy Ghost? By faith. God is uh, is good for His Word. He's good for His promise. Uh, he's the giver of every good and every perfect gift. Uh, everything you receive is by faith. If you believe that Jesus uh, is a Savior, then that's how you get saved. If you believe that Jesus is a healer, that's how you get healed. If you believe He baptizes men and women in the Holy Ghost, that's how you get uh, Field. Amen. And how do I receive? I, I begin to praise Him. I begin to thank Him for the gift of the Holy Ghost. I let Him know I want the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When you have a made up mind, 
that Jesus can and Jesus will, and I'm not going to turn him loose until I get what I came for. I'm not going to quit knocking like the widow woman with the unjust judge. If he's a Holy Ghost baptizer, and I know he wants me to be filled, I just know what I need to do. I need to stay right here. I'm on my way into the upper room. I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. I'm going to receive. Amen. We must believe that God intends for us to receive this baptism. Somebody said, you, you folk are just too dogmatic about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You go into a lot of services, it's death warmed over. Amen. Go into a service, it's death warmed over. Right over there, Brother Cabin's been over there numerous times. He's told me because I asked him, is it any better over there? He said, not a bit. That teen challenge across the state line over there in Pensacola. Went over there, death warmed over. I'm just preaching to, to them the same thing I'm preaching to you. Them boys standing on their feet, tears running down their face. Uh, they need life. They need power. They need deliverance. Uh, they need reality. They need something that's going to transform them into, into what Christ intended them to be. They're, they're getting a little bit of head knowledge, but look, they're still bound. They're still bound. I preached to them, and the leader over there, he didn't like it. He didn't. I seen it go all over. He looked at me like, oh, brother. We got one of these hollerers and screamers and shouters in here tonight. Got all these boys standing on their feet. He didn't like what I was, and secondly, he didn't like what he saw. He didn't like those boys responding. When usually they just sit there like a knot on a log. Hey, if you'll give somebody something to eat, they'll eat. If you'll give somebody, if somebody's drowning, if you'll throw them a life raft or a life preserver, they'll reach for it. My God, and if somebody's dead and you'll preach life to them, they'll come alive. Hallelujah. You gotta excuse me. I've been in revival and camp meetings for about five weeks. I'm in one right now. I'm preaching camp meeting tonight. Uh, oh, hallelujah to God. There are many who don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. There are many that don't believe it right in our own denomination of the assemblies of God. They say they believe it, uh, but they won't preach it. They say they believe it and they'll take somebody in a back room and teach them how to utter in some kind of little jabbering tongue. If I believe that Christ is the one that fills me, if I believe that He is the one that gives me the utterance, then all I need to do is receive. You won't need to ask me if you've got it. If you get the Holy Ghost, honey, you'll know you got it. As a matter of fact, the whole world will know you got it. Because you'll be turning the world upside down. Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Listen to this. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Amen. You will receive. You've got to take that. That's my promise. The shall is me. Every promise is in him, yea, and also 
so in Him, amen. That means every promise in the book is mine. It's mine. i got to take it, lay hold to it, and no devil's going to convince me otherwise. It's my promise. Listen, he, he just reaffirms it. For the promise is unto you. They say, well, that went out with the disciples. And to your children. And to all that are far off. Now, all in my dictionary means me, you, and everybody else who's ever going to be called by God to believe on Christ. Whosoever will, let them come and drink of the water of life freely. You have to believe that God is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Those that diligently seek Him are the ones that have believed His promise and have taken the step of faith to receive. Second, amen, it takes more than just faith. I've had people say, hey, if God wants me to have the Holy Ghost, Brother Eddie, he'll just give it to me. No, he won't. Ask, seek, and knock. They that ask shall receive. They that seek shall find. And unto them that knock shall the door be opened. There is a progression there. There is a progression there. Ask and seek and knock. You know, there's a door there that you've got to knock on. There are hindrances to prayer. There are sometimes prayers that go unanswered. Sometimes God allows us to wait and God allows us to tarry. Amen. And we don't understand why. And we don't know what God's waiting on. And we think something's wrong. And what else do I need to do? You just simply need to do what God said to do. I'm still here. I'm still asking. I'm still seeking. I'm still knocking. I'm still believing. But what he's trying in that in that Luke chapter eleven, where he gives that illustration of ask and seek and knock, uh, he mentions uh, 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 there was a certain man that had a friend that came unto him at midnight, uh, and he had nothing to set before him, and he went unto his friend and said, "A certain friend has come unto me. I have nothing to set before him. Lend me three loaves. He's hungry." I can't send him away hungry. You see, hunger does something to God. He love a whole Sunday. I said, hunger does something to God just like it does to you, Mom, when your baby cries. Just like it does to you, Dad, when that little one tugs on your coat tail, on your shirt tail and says, Dad, I'm hungry. What's to eat? I'm telling you, if there ain't nothing to eat, you'll go find something to eat. I said, if you don't have nothing to eat, you'll go find something to eat. If there's nothing in the cabinet, uh, then you'll go through McDonald's drive through to get them a Happy Meal. If you don't have no money, you'll go borrow some money from somebody. There's just something about a child that's hungry that'll make you go to no ends uh, to make sure that they get filled. God said, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. Not only do you need to have faith, 
You need to show God. You need to tell God. You need to let God know, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Now, I know a lot of kids that say, I'm hungry. And when you take them somewhere, they eat half a plate and shove the rest away. They wasn't hungry. They had the munchies. There's a difference in being hungry and having the munchies. I'm about to preach to you. You better buckle up. I'm about to preach to you tonight. We're going to have camp meeting around here on a Wednesday night. Hallelujah to God. Somebody that's hungry. Amen. They'll eat everything on their plate. And then if you got anything left on yours, hey, I ain't hungry. You want mine? Believe a will. Amen. They'll eat your leftovers. Glory to God. That's somebody that's hungry. You don't have to ask them to eat. Amen. As soon as they can bless that food, they're digging in. They're not talking or saying a whole lot. And the plate is clean. If you give them a biscuit, they'll sop the gravy up off the plate. I've been eating somewhere before. Somebody will look at my plate and I took a roll or something and sopped it up. And they said, Brother Eddie, that must have been awful. I was hungry. Hungry. Then you take somebody that's just got the munchies. You pay most of the time an extravagant price and they just take three or four bites. You want to know why they've got just the munchies? They smell the aroma of it. They see the picture of it in the menu. It looks good. It smells good. The atmosphere is right. Everybody else is eating. I believe I'll try me a little. I believe I'll try me a little. And then they take a few bites and they discover, hey, I've been eating all day. I've been eating all day. I'm not as hungry as I thought I was. Maybe I'll just uh, get me a to-go box or I'll give mine to somebody else because I'm not really very hungry. How many times have my children made me want to pull my hair out? Dad, I want this. And they eat just a little bit, and then they slide it away. I thought you wanted that. Well, I wasn't that hungry. You know what I want to tell them? Well, you pay for it then. You buy it. You wanted it. I got it. Now eat it. Christ ascended into the heavens. He said, I'll pray the Father that he'll send you another comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Do you know Christ died? He shed his blood. They put him in a tomb. He was raised again on the third day. And after 40 days, ascended back into the heavens. And he prayed the Father. And the Father sent the Holy Ghost, he said, in Christ's name. Do you know Christ died so that you could be filled with the Holy Ghost? Why won't you? Why don't you want to receive the Holy Ghost? That's my question. Why wouldn't you want the Holy Ghost? He died so you could have the Holy Ghost. He rose again so you could have the Holy Ghost. As our great high priest, he prayed and made intercession on our behalf to the Father that he would pour out the Holy Ghost. Listen, we're munching on everything that world's got to feed us. I go to some restaurants and they've got these 
you, you just go to Lambert's. They throw you one of them rolls that big around. It's like a loaf of bread. Rolls. I don't want no roll. I ordered a $15 plate of food. That's what I want. You can have that bread. I want the food. And that world's going to offer you every single thing it can to, a, to appease, to quench, and to kill your appetite. Do you know, a lot of people don't know when they go to Lambert's. Maybe I'm going to tell you something new, but one thing I do know, I'm about to make you hungry. A lot of people don't know when they go to Lambert's that everything on the menu is all you can eat. I didn't know it's not a buffet. You order off the menu, they bring it to you. If you eat everything on your plate and say, I'm still hungry, they'll bring you another plate. I thought, no wonder they throw those big old rolls out there. These people, these people will make us go bankrupt if we got to bring them plate after plate. Kill, quench that appetite with something else. They bring you a bunch of pass around. Amen. People have got the munchie and they eat and eat and eat. And I've been not taking a lot of people there. And by the time they bring that food out of the cabin, they are not hungry anymore. And they can't eat the, the food that's on their plate. And everybody takes a big to-go box home. I've discovered that's the way people come to church. They've been, they've been munching on the world all day long. And when they get to church, hey, the menu looks good. The aroma smells good. Everybody else seems hungry and wants some. Believe a will. But when the preacher starts preaching, when the altar calls giving, and when the Spirit starts falling for some reason they're just not as hungry as they thought they was. But you let a hungry man go in there, he'll, oh my, he'll eat it all. I said he'll eat it all. My God. We must take the step of hunger. You'll never receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost unless there's a deep craving and a soul-searching hunger for the Holy Ghost in your heart. Amen. Blessed are ye that hunger now. Luke 6 and 21. For ye shall be filled. When the hunger pains are severe enough to receive the Holy Ghost, you'll start climbing. Glory to God. You'll start climbing. Amen. Whether you got to take the handrail and go slow or whether you're jumping two or three steps at a time. You better not get in my way. I came meaning business with God tonight. Amen. We must take the step of hunger. I got to take this coat off. We must also take the step of obedience. Amen. I had to preach it. I know you didn't want me to, but I had to preach it. You can't get the Holy Ghost living any way you want to. Amen. You can't live, you can't live a carnal life. You can't live in the flesh and receive the Spirit. Amen. We began to seek for the Holy Ghost with all our heart. If there's any hindrance, the Holy Ghost will reveal it to us. Say, give me a glass of tea. I can't. It's got dirt all in the bottom of it. 
That glass has got something all in the bottom of it. Get that cleaned out. Wash that out. Give me something sanitary to feel. God's Holy Ghost is precious to Him. He's not going to waste, pour that out in an unclean vessel. Because listen to me, I'll tell you why. If you live like the world, even if you did have the Holy Ghost, they wouldn't want it. Even if you did have the power, they wouldn't believe it. They'd think you was one of those phonies on TV that just are after their money. They'd think you was one of those phonies uh, that's living a lie and preaching to them something you don't even live yourself. That's why the Holy Ghost will deal with your heart to live holy, to live pure. Acts 5 and 32, I preach this all the time now. We are His witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey Him. Not only is there obedience to the Word, if you're going to receive the Holy Ghost, and you do have to live according to the Word. You've got to walk holy, live holy. But there's also an obedience to the Spirit. When the Spirit's moving, you've got to move. You're going to receive the Holy Ghost. You've got to yield to Him. That's what the word obey means there in Acts chapter 5. He gives the Holy Ghost to them that obey Him. To them that submit or yield themselves unto Him. I've never seen the Holy Ghost. Anybody receive the Holy Ghost? Somebody with their head up there. Oh, God. Never seen the Holy. anybody get the Holy Ghost with their hands in their pocket. Never seen anybody get the Holy Ghost uh, with their chin on their chest, counting their shoelaces. Well, he'll, if he wants me to get the Holy Ghost, he'll just feel me. No, he won't. No, he won't. How did they get it? You read the last chapter of Luke. The Bible said that they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. They didn't just sit in the upper room for 10 days and twiddle their thumbs and say, Brother Daniel, what time you got? What day is it? When you reckon the Holy Ghost is going to come? What you think He might be waiting on? No, they prayed a while and they prayed themselves full and they prayed themselves hot and they went to church a while and they worshiped and thanked God. Hallelujah to God. And when they didn't get it, they'd go back and pray a little while and pray themselves full and pray themselves hot and pray themselves happy and they would go back to church and they'd praise God and worship Him and thank Him for a while. And when God seen that long enough, He filled all the house where they were gathered together. I'll tell you, that wind started blowing around in there. You say, you don't know what happened. I just know it filled all the house where they were sitting. But the Bible don't say that they were sitting when they got filled. It just said he filled all the house where they were sitting. That wind got to blowing around in there. Maybe one of them old boys was preaching. He was preaching about Jesus and about dying on the cross and being buried and on the third day being raised again. All the reported miracles that happened during those 40 days. Seeing Him ascend and remembering the promise and ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is coming upon you. Maybe He's preaching to them. We're in the right place. We're doing the right thing. Oh, 
God is going to move. God is going to fill us with the Holy Ghost. Amen. All of a sudden the wind began to blow. Somebody's on that front row and they said, Whoa! I feel God in this place. Hallelujah! Maybe he gave the altar call. That wind starts blowing and people's walking back and forth, uh, waving their arms back to God, saying, I'm ready, Lord. I've been ready. I'm hungry. I'm expecting. Feel me right now. You say, well, it don't say they did all that. Don't say they didn't. Just said the wind blew in that house where they were sitting. And I got the same Holy Ghost they got. And you ain't going to tell me that the Holy Ghost is going to blow in this house. And you're going to sit there and do nothing. No, sir. He'll get in your hands. He'll get in your feet. Cloven tongues like a fire. Set on them. My God, it got all over them, Brother Steve. They felt it. And then it rose up out of them like rivers of living water. And they speak with other tongues. To me, that's what obedience is. Spirit moves on you. I've seen young people moving their feet, moving their hands, moving their legs, stammering lips, rocking back and forth. I've seen them fall down on the ground. I've seen the utterance be right on the tip of their tongue. And Thank you, Jesus. Hey, it's not our language. It's an unknown tongue. It's not us doing the talking. Or it's us talking, but it's Him giving the utterance. So it's not, a, it's not something that's common to me. It's not something I can readily do like I flip on a light switch or flip it off. It's God moving on me to give me the utterance. So naturally, I have to, I've already yielded in my feet and my legs and my arms and my hands and my whole body. Now I just got to yield my tongue. The Bible said that tongue is the smallest member, but it's set a fire of hell. It's an unruly member. And God said, I'll know that I've got all of you when I got that tongue. Ooh, hallelujah to God. You say, Brother Eddie, I didn't come to camp meeting. I just come to a Bible Way Wednesday night service. I didn't sign up for all this. I did. I want somebody to be filled tonight. We must take the step of obedience. Amen. Fourth, we must take the step of consecration. Something as precious as the Holy Ghost only comes to those who are consecrated by God. Amen. We must present ourselves in consecration. In Romans 12, you know it, verses 1 and 2. Wherefore, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God as your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. A holy and acceptable offering, a holy and acceptable sacrifice Unto the Lord. We see in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. W. 
H-O-L-L-Y. Not H-O-L-Y. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly from the crown of your head to the sole of your foot. Your mouth, your eyes, your ears, your mind, your heart, your hands, every part of your being sanctified wholly. Ah, God, I'm telling you tonight, God wants every part of your life. You know some, why some people won't receive the Holy Ghost? There are parts of their life they are not willing to give to God. How do you know that? Because I got Facebook. I know where you go. I know what you're doing. I know who you're doing it with. I got Instagram. I see it. Holy W-H-O-L-L-Y. Every part of your life. Can you tell me tonight uh, that your whole life uh, is consecrated to God? Where are you going? Would the Holy Ghost lead you there? Would He approve of you being there? What you're doing, would He approve of you? Or did He lead you to do those things? If not, that's why. That's why we lack Holy Ghost power. Amen. I feel that. What I feel that stump. First Thessalonians four and three, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess, listen to this, should know how to possess his vessel with sanctification and honor. Woo. I wish somebody just shout for me right there. Well, that was pretty good for a bunch of Presbyterians. But I was kind of thinking about, what? Hallelujah. Every one of us should know how to possess his vessel with sanctification and with honor. No, sir, this is God's house. No, sir, this is God's temple. No more than I would let somebody play bingo in this church. No more than I'd let somebody have a dance in that fellowship hall. No more would I let the devil cause me to sin against God in this vessel that he purchased with his own blood. Hallelujah. Oh, so you've never failed? Sure I have. I'm talking about willful sin. Willful disobedience. You know it's wrong and you do it anyway. That's why the church is in the shape it's in. John 17, verse 14. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Why am I so strange? Why don't I fit in? Why do people think that I'm a goofball? Because you're not of this world. Neither was Jesus. Even the Pharisees hated him. He didn't fit in in the world, and he didn't fit in in the church. (laughs) Amen. That fifth step. Man, we're getting closer to the upper room all the while. We must take the step of self-denial. Matthew 16 and 24, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself 
and take up his cross and follow me. Deny himself. Man, that sounds easy, don't it? But just do it the next time self rises up. You'll find out that most of the time it takes prayer and fasting. We must deny our desires in exchange for his desire. Our desire says, I'd like to slap the taste out of that boy's mouth for acting like he acted. But his desire is to love him, Brother Daniel. To treat him just like I would want somebody to treat me. Treat him with dignity. I said even sinners are people. They're not dogs. Do you know sinners have feelings? And you look down your nose at them and treat them like they're an untouchable dog. Like they got the bubonic plague. Like I know preachers that don't even want sinners to come in their church because they think somebody will call their church worldly because a sinner sits on their pews. Dear God, that's why God called the church. Go into the highways and the hedges and compel the halt, the maimed, the lame, the blind. Tell them all to come in that my house might be full. God hates empty pews. He said, go find a wretched soul. Go find somebody bound. Go, go find the perverse. Go find the dead, the lost, the dying. And preach the gospel to them. I'll save them. I'll deliver them. I'll fill them with the Holy Ghost. Such were some of you. I wasn't a preacher when he found me, I can tell you. I had a filthy mouth. I had a perverted mind. I had a wicked and a corrupt heart. Was I a good person? Sure. I was raised to be one. I wasn't sorry. I wasn't lazy. I was respectful to my elders. I obeyed the law for the most part. For the most part, but I need I was corrupt. I needed a Savior. He didn't add anything to the church when he saved me, I can tell you. Amen. But I gained everything when I found him. Amen. We've got to deny ourselves. Kirsten, come help me and I'll close. We must take the step of humility. Luke 14 and 11, For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased. He that humbleth himself shall be exalted. And then in 1 Peter 5, verses 5 and 6, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. You see, God can't feel a person who has pride in their heart, who will not humble themselves down to their elders, to one another, and ultimately the hand of God. Last step, and we're almost there. Almost made it to the very door of the upper room. We must take the step of prayer 
and praise. Luke 24, verses 52 and 53, And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. They worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually, 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 continually in the temple praising and blessing God. I'll tell you something else. You ain't going to get the Holy Ghost staying at the house. I'm not talking about having a prayer meeting. Not talking about shut up in your room, in your closet somewhere, praying and fasting and seeking God. That ain't what I'm talking about, sitting there watching some ball game or some sitcom or doing something that's of no kingdom value. That ain't how you get it. I'll tell you how you get it. It's every time the doors is open. If you ain't at work, and if you ain't sick in your body, I'm going to be there, Brother Eddie. Count on it. And when I ain't there, I'm going to be praying at the house and seeking it at the house. Count on it. That's how you get it. Acts 1 and 14, these all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. They continue with one accord. What? Praying. Worshiping. Seeking his face. When we pray, we must concentrate on prayer and praise, not tongues. I seek Jesus, not tongues. Jesus is the Holy Ghost baptizer. Amen. I was somewhere one time, I got to be careful. This stuff gets all around the place. But I was somewhere one time. That choir was coming up and the pastor was praising that choir for being separate from the world. Oh, we want you all to sing in this choir, but if you sing in this choir, you're going to have to live holy. I want you to look at them. Oh, this is a beautiful choir. He got to, so excited about holiness. He just got himself worked up into a frenzy about holiness. He said, well, glory to God, let's give holiness a hand clap of praise. Everybody look just like you're looking. Give what? I'll give Jesus a hand clap of praise because he and he alone is holy. And if I'm holy at all, it's because he lives in me. I'm not coming up here seeking tongues. I'm coming up here seeking him. I'm pressing my way into this upper room seeking Jesus, the giver of every good and perfect gift. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Worship Him. Praise Him. Seek Him. Believe Him. Touch Him. And then last, we must take the step of expectation. Luke 19, or, or Luke chapter 11 and verse 9. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Did you come expecting tonight? Did you come believing that tonight God wants to fill me with the Holy Ghost? I know a lot of you would have to say, now honestly, Brother Eddie, I, I, I didn't really. I've had a busy day. I've had a hard day. I've had a long day. Hey, been there. 
Thanks be to God for this. Our God is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all you can ask or even think. He will supersede your expectation. Meaning God had a higher expectation for you than you had for Him. So if you'll come tonight in faith, believe Him. If you'll come hungry. If you'll come giving yourself to Him, yielding to Him in obedience. If you'll come allowing Him to consecrate your life, to separate you from sin and from this world, you can rest assured that you are climbing the stairway to the upper room. And that promise of the Holy Ghost is yours. He wants to fill you tonight. Amen. I want to be refilled tonight. Hallelujah. Let's come in His will. Find us a place in this altar. Be good if we stood. Lift up holy hands.